Hey everyone, welcome to Trips Tennis Talk, the amateur podcast about professional tennis. Wimbledon Middle Sunday Recap Podcast Edition. Coming to you at 10.17pm London time right now. 2.17 on the west coast of the US, where as I'm looking at the scoreboard... Novak Djokovic has a 7-6-6-5 on serve lead against Hubert Hercoc. That match has about 45 minutes to go until the curfew. And throughout the course of this pod, I will definitely be keeping an eye on that. There's a slight chance that Jerry Armstrong, the tournament referee, will come on and suspend that match after the second set, because the second set could be ending about the same time as the Murray match from the other day, but hopefully they give Djokovic a chance to win that match in straight sets. Wow, what a day of tennis today. I'm going to tell you all about it throughout the course of this podcast, Days like today are why you put in the long hours on and pay all the money for the streaming services and do all the scores and do all these podcasts. As a tennis fan, today is one of the days that makes it all worthwhile. Great matches all over the grounds today, and um, that is highlighted by the what I would call the most entertaining or riveting stretch of 2023 so far. Certainly one of the most riveting um, aspects of the season to date. So let's go ahead and uh, talk about that first, and then we'll get to the other stuff later. So the highlight of the day today definitely was the happy hour um, evening time um, double header that was going on simultaneously of Sviantek against Bencic and then Azarenka against Svitolina. And we got to start with uh, the Sviantek match. So let's get into that first. So this, is, this was the second match on center court. Number one seed Iga Sviantek taken on number 14 seed Belinda Bencic. And this match got underway at 5.21 p.m. What were the stakes coming in? I think this, I mean, this certainly was a fourth round match. And coming in, Sviantek had never made the quarters of Wimbledon. Let me just confirm that real quick. Yeah, that is correct. Coming into today, she had never made the quarters of Wimbledon. And Belinda Bencic has had success at the Olympics before. She's won titles. She's been a top player. She's played big matches. She's a former number four in singles. And she made the semifinals of the 2019 U.S. Open and won the gold medal at 2021 Tokyo and the silver medal in doubles at 2021 Tokyo, so Bencic definitely has had uh, big match experience. She is 26 years old. She's been around the tour 
for quite a while. And this was a matchup of the number one seed against the number 14 seed. So on paper, you could go either way. Going in, I really didn't give Benchich that much of a chance because this year I've picked Belinda Benchich a lot to go deep in tournaments over the last year as kind of a dark horse pick. And each time that pick did not pay off for me. She did not get there. So this was one of the first tournaments where I had stopped doing that. So the case could be made on either side. You could you could say it could be a competitive match because of all those stats I just read off. Or you could say it's not going to be a competitive match because of her more recent form and Sviantek's more recent form. But anyway, let's get on into it. First couple games, fairly routine. Didn't feel like the momentum was going in uh, any particular direction. One thing of note, uh, Benchich's first service game when she was serving at Love 1 in the first set, she held from Love 40, and uh, Sviantek started off the match 0 for 3 on break points. Not necessarily notable at this point, but we will come back to it later. But pretty soon after that, when it got to 2-all, 3-all, 4-all in that first set, it was pretty clear that Sviantek was uncomfortable and that Benchich was definitely making a match of it. Um, and even just seeing Sviantek at a 3-all, 4-all scenario... As a viewer, you start to think, hmm, she's not ahead 5-love, and she's not winning 6-1, 6-love like she has most of her matches over the last couple years. So when you get into a 4-all, 5-all situation, as a fan, you notice that. You notice, hmm, this doesn't usually happen. And then Sviantek, for sure, in the back of her mind, is also going to be thinking about that. Like, oh... Uh, I should be up, you know, 6-2-4 love instead of being at 4-all. And we all know the the um, drive that Sviantek possesses, so I think that would be an accurate mental characterization of her game at that point. Um, so, again, 5-all. Sviantek gets the hold, no problem. To go up 6-5 on serve. And, um... Oh, no, that's not what I wanted to say. She gets the hold to go up 5-4 on serve. And this is the game where she had some looks. So, Benchich was serving at 4-5 in that first set. She, at 15-all, she hit a double to go down 15-30. And at this point, 4-5, 15-30. Everyone knows it's coming. Everyone knows Sviantek is going to make a push. And uh, she did. She won the next point to set up two set points, did Sviantek. And, uh, however, Benchich came back to hold that game uh, through some inspired play of her own. Let me see if I can give you a little more in-depth on that. I don't keep notes on absolutely everything, but let's check our... Handy dandy Wimbledon.com slam tracker recap. Let me see if it's going to tell me what happened there. 
So if we go to the first set and we go to 5-4, uh, this would be the ninth game. Yeah. Okay, tenth game, rather. So on those two set points, let's see what happened. Um, on the first one, Sviantek loses the break chance with a backhand forced error. Second, second point, Benchich wins the point with a backhand winner. Then the next point, uh, or eventually, uh, Benchich wins the game for five all with another backhand winner. So Benchich was definitely challenging Sviantek at this point. Benchich was definitely playing well. Um, I would say Sviantek was also playing well. Maybe not her absolute best, but, you know, if you believed people in the media and people on Twitter, they make it sound like she played, like, absolute crap, Sviantek. And I think looking at the bigger picture of the match, I'm not sure if that's accurate. Certainly it didn't necessarily reflect on the scoreboard, because if you play, like, crap and you lose, you know, 6-2, 6-2, that's one thing. But, spoiler alert, Sviantek had set points in every set of the match, she had a set point in the first set, set point in the second set, second point in the third set, or set point in the third set. Um, so she was right there. It, you know, if she was a little off her best, maybe, but it was not like she was playing at a at an F level or a D minus level or anything. It was a competitive match, and she was right there the whole way. And in the first set, watching it on the replay, Sviantek actually, I think, was the better player um, overall. Um, in the tie break, it was a bad stretch, though. Um, Benchich got up 4-0 in the tie break and 5-1, I believe. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Um, 4, 4, 0, 5, 0, 5, 0. Yeah, she got up 5-0 in that breaker. Hey, let's check that. 3-0, uh, 4-0, 4-1, 5-1, 6-1. Okay, so it got to 6-1 um, in that breaker for Benchich. Sviantek got a couple points after that to get it back to 6-4. And even when it was at 6-4, because you're playing Sviantek, it's never over till it's over. Kind of like in the Djokovic match that's going on right now, how he stole the first set tiebreak there from 3-6 to 8-6. Something similar could have happened here. So at 6-4, it was definitely on. But uh, Benchich, thankfully for her, got over the line. Sviantek made a forehand unforced error to lose that first set. So at this point, we've got Belinda Benchich up Seven games to six, up one set to nothing on Sviantek. Um, definitely upset alert worthy at that point. Even if Sviantek had won 6-2, 6-2 from this point, Iga Sviantek does not lose Grand Slam sets very often. She's not down by a set in the match score very often. So this was absolutely um, a notable result. Second set of this one, let's see. Um, 
and Sviantec, as you might expect, of a number one of her caliber, she came out uh, sharp. She got up the quick 2-love and 3-1 in the second set. And at this point, you know, people that are familiar with movie scripts or familiar with the way that matches go, you think, oh, Sviantec's got it figured out. And like I just said a moment ago, this is the uh, point she'll go on to routine the match from here. Uh, 3-1, um, serving at 4-3. Oh, no, I'm sorry. 3-2 is when she lost it. Okay. So, but Sviantek uh, lost her serve at 3-2 to uh, make it 3-all. So at that point, Benchich sort of fighting back to a 7-6-4-3, which she did, 7-6-4-3 on serve scenario. Again, definitely notable, and that's when you start telling all your friends to tune in because you might see an upset alert here. There's definitely big things going on at that point. A um, couple of unremarkable holds from that point. Sviantek was serving to stay in the tournament at 4-5 in the second set. ESPN, or actually it was ABC. Disney, ABC, ESPN on the broadcast network broadcast. They did not show most of that game, which is completely ridiculous. Not showing the number one dominant seed serving to stay in the tournament when there's, you know... You know, when the other match at the time was not at a as crucial a point. Absolutely ridiculous decision by the rights partner for Wimbledon. I haven't talked that much about the media on this uh, this week on the shows, and I'm not going to do that either. But I'm not going to do that much today either because the streaming options are out there. But even for me, who's been focusing a lot on the streaming... It was it was noticeable noticeably bad moment there. So we get to Sviantek serving to stay in the match a second time at five six, and uh, again let me see if I can give you a little bit more because I uh, let's see. So we're looking for the five six game here. Yes, we are. So uh, let's see. Uh, Love 15, uh, Sviantek error, uh, gets to 15 all. Benchich forehand winner to make it 15-30, and then a Sviantek backhand error to make it double match point, 15-40. And um, then we get to the two match points for Benchich here. And on the first match point, on both of them, spoiler alert, it went to both match points. Um, uh, Sviantek saved them both with courageous winners. Um, and this was definitely a case of Sviantek saving the match points of her own accord with high-level play, and it was not a case of Benchich wasting the points necessarily. Um, the first one... Benchich got her racket on it, but it was too hot to handle. Even if you weren't using Wimbledon standards, that would have been a forced error. Actually, I think they're counting this as a winner, 
Yeah, it says Iga Sviantek wins the point with a forehand winner. Let me tell you right now, that was not a winner. That was a forced error because uh, Benchich got her racket on it, but she didn't have a play on it at all. And the second one was a clean backhand winner, and I do rem- remember that one visually. Um, that was a backhand cross court. Sviantek hit the shot from the um, from the ad side, and it went over cross court for the winner to save the second match point. Um, and Benchich didn't have a play on that one. And as you guys know from listening to stuff and watching matches, in a situation like this where you've got an underdog against a big dominant number one, as soon as the match point is saved, you think, wow, is this person going to come all the way back to win? Does Sviantek have it in the bag now, even though the score is still quite precarious at that point? Was that the one chance that Benchich had. So that was definitely on everyone's mind at that stage. Um, so um, the tiebreak, uh, Sviantek went on to win seven points to two. So it definitely looked like she was getting on a little bit of a roll. So it's one set all. The two players split tiebreaks. The third set was a bit of a formality. Sviantek's level definitely raised, so maybe she went from a C level to a B level or an A level. And I thought Benchich's level dipped. And uh, Sviantek got the break at 2-1. Benchich dropped her serve at 1-2. And uh, that was the only... Was there another break? Um... Where was Bench? That was earlier. And uh, Sviantek uh, closes out that third set 6-3. It was honestly a bit of a formality. The third set was probably the least exciting set of the match. So, number one seed, Iga Sviantek, saves two match points to beat Belinda Bencic 6-7, 7-6, 6-3 in three hours and three minutes. It... Wrapped up at 8.24 p.m. on Sunday night. And just a couple things on this. Um, Iga Sviantek was inefficient on breakpoints throughout. She started 0 for 7 on breakpoints. And Benchich grabbed her only opportunity um, in, the, in the middle of the second set there. But... Starting with the the two match points that Benchich had, which were also break points. From that point, Benchich was 0 for 3 on break points, and uh, I believe Sviantek got her only one. That sounds about right. So those that 5-6 game in the second set, that was the crucial turning point. And in that series of points, um, Sviantek turned the match around. Now, like I said before... I think Sviantek was the better player in all three sets. Um, if you look at the point total in the first set, Sviantek won more points than Bencic did, but not the set. Um, in the second set, Sviantek won more points than Bencic did. And in the third set, Sviantek won more points than Bencic did. So, yes, it was a close match. But I think on the actual tennis, from on a point-to-point basis, 
yes, Pencic played well, and it'll be interesting to see her going forward over the next couple months. But Sviantek pretty comfortably was the better tennis player in this one. Uh, the final point total, 116 points to 102 for Sviantek. So I think Sviantek had that one pretty comfortably wrapped up in the bag. Um, just coming to you live right now, Djokovic has taken a two-sets-to-none lead on Hercoc, and they have suspended that match. So play is now done for the day. It was pretty much the exact same time that the Murray match got suspended earlier this week, so at least there is some consistency there. Um, I don't have too much to say about that match. Um... My one comment would be, um, competitively, in a way, it's nice to see Djokovic affected by tournament scheduling as well, because he had been unaffected this week by the rain. There was a point where he was in the third round, and some players hadn't even started their first round yet. Um, so I, I guess it's his turn now to be affected by tournament conditions by sort of incidental conditions. So that match did not finish. Um, Djokovic was down 3-6 in that first set breaker against Hercoc, but he came back to win at 8-6, and they just went to a second set tiebreak as well, which Djokovic won, so Djokovic will sleep on a 7-6, 7-6 lead against uh the former semifinalist here, Hubert Hercoc. Simultaneously, simultaneously to the Sviantek Bencic match, over on court one, there was a great match going on between Alina Svitolina and Victoria Azarenka. Um, my eyes were elsewhere at that time. I did not watch this match on a point-to-point basis, but Svitolina was down 2-6, love 2, against Azarenka and came all the way back to win 2-6-6-4-7-6. I did see the match tiebreaker at the end of that match. That match was a very high-quality match. Um, the tennis was amazing. The drama was high. The tennis drama was high, and the political drama added to it. Once the match was over, there was no handshake, and uh, Azarenka initiated that. She looked over at Svitolina and gave her kind of a hand gesture, and then, you know, Azarenka kept going on her way, and then Svitolina arrived at at the net at her chair and stuff and just kept on doing her thing. The media people said that, oh, Azarenko is just letting her know that, oh, I know you don't want to shake my hand because Svitolina does not shake the hand of Russian or Belarusian players. But I don't know about that. I'm not going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to say Azarenka initiated the no handshake. It could have been the other way around. Who knows? Um, but, um, again, I don't want to spend too long on a match that I didn't see the whole entirety of, but let's take a look at the stats here for Svitolina's 2-6-6-4-7-6 win in 2 hours and 46 minutes. 
Svitolina had eight aces and zero double faults. 75% first serve percentage. Um, and uh, won three more total points, despite losing that first set six games to two. Um, on the periphery stuff, Svitolina is a wild card this week. She's ranked number 76, I think it was. 72 or 76. I think it was 76. Um, but, I, you know, and 76 is good enough to get in without a wild card because the top 104 players get in, I believe. Certainly the top 100. Direct entry. But entry lists are made six weeks in advance, and Svitolina's had a lot of good results in the last six weeks, but... Um, at that time, six weeks ago, her ranking was such that it required a wild card, which the All England Club gave to her. Um, just for the people listening, Svitolina is Ukrainian, and Azarenka is from Belarus, so the whole political dynamic there was definitely playing out. Um, as Azarenka left the court, um, the crowd booed her, just like there was booing in the uh, Marta Kostyuk match against Sabalenka at Roland Garros. And um, the crowd probably was unaware of the nationality of the two players. Um, and if they weren't, it was it was a interesting situation. Uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily have that much sympathy for Azarenka in that moment. But hopefully the crowd was booing out of a place of intelligence or knowledge and not out of a place of ignorance. And directly after the match, Alina Svitolina spoke on the court. Um, she's also coming back from maternity leave, I should say. Um, so that is a part of this too. This was a mom versus mom match. Let's listen to Svitolina afterwards. I just might ask the crowd, just very briefly. I think you can hear what it has meant to this crowd watching this incredible match on number one court. What does that victory mean to you, Lena? I think, um, you know, uh, after uh, giving birth to our daughter, this is the second happiest moment for her in my life. <laughs> How did you come back into it? How did you find that strength? It was an extremely tough match and, uh, you know, uh, when I was 0-2 down in the second set, I heard you guys cheering for me and I almost wanted to cry uh, because... <laughs> It 
it was um, yeah really really tough for me because I didn't play my best and uh, you know zero two down and I was really really struggling and I wanted to to really win today and uh, you know then point by point I was just trying to to fight and to find the the way to to win the match and of course you guys gave me so much strength today it's uh, really unbelievable. How did you How did you hold your nerve in the tie break right at the end? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I was just trying to, you know, I was thinking, you know, back home there's lots of people are watching and cheering for me, so I know how much it means uh, for them and uh, you know any any moment that they can share of happiness um, it's for sure you know these kind of matches that you go through and I was I was just thinking you know there is tough times um, in Ukraine and, and you know I'm here playing in front of you guys and uh, you know I cannot complain I just have to fight and try to to win every single point and in the end you know I've here I am you know won the match so Really, thank you so much. And at the end of it all, how good does it feel to be in the quarterfinal? Really unbelievable, to be fair. You know, um, in January when I start playing, uh, gonna start playing again. Um, I didn't think that I would uh, make quarterfinal back to back on uh, both lands, and really didn't think that on the grass I would play <laughs> that uh, that good. And um, yeah, just uh, really enjoying uh, the atmosphere, enjoying this this chance. I'm really thankful for for this chance. Um, um, to get to play here and yeah, just a really unbelievable feeling. And, and the last thing, the last thing I wanted to say was, I'm, I'm not sure whether everyone is aware, but you were supposed to go to a concert, Harry Styles concert yesterday. <laughs> you gave the tickets away. This is a bit better than that, isn't it? <laughs> well, I, I hope Harry is watching and maybe... <laughs> I'm just a big fan of his, so you know, just like. <laughs> and we are all big fans of you. Congratulations, Elena. Thank you. Alright, that was Svitolina um, a little bit ago. For Svitolina's tennis career, she's already made the quarters at all four majors. She had done that by, um, let's see here, one, two, she had done that by 2019. She made the Wimbledon and U.S. Open semis back-to-back in 2019. That was her peak. Um, but now, 
She has made consecutive quarterfinals after being out for a year. Um, and just to go back even before that, so she's been playing Grand Slams since 2012. Um, how old is she? She is 28. Um, made back-to-back semis in 2019. 2020 didn't make a semi, just had one quarter. 21, just the one quarter. In 22, she lost early in Australia and then didn't play the rest of the year. This year, did not play Australia. Quarterfinals of the French in her comeback, and then the quarterfinals here. So coming off of the maternity leave and for taking some time away because of the Ukraine war, or the war in Ukraine, she has made consecutive major quarterfinals for just the second time in her career. Um, so good for her. And just looking at the rankings here, she is up to number 25 in the WTA race rankings. That is uh, uh, points earned since January 1st. So... Big win for Svitolina. For Azarenka, she's had some. She's had many frustrating losses in Grand Slams, including this year in Australia comes to mind. But this match was right there for the taking, and it seems like Victoria Azarenka, she does have two major titles, but in the last ten years, wow, she's had a lot of them get away, and uh, today was another. So that stretch, those two matches, the Sviantec and Svitolina wins going on simultaneously, that was definitely the highlight of the day, of the week, and it was definitely one of the highlights of the tennis year. All right, so since we're giving the um, WTA draw sort of top billing here, Let's go on and take a look at the other scores for the day. All right. Um, earlier, Jessica Pagula beat Serenko 6-1-6-3. Nothing really to say about that. I would just say what I've said about Pagula all week, about how she had a tough start. But since then, she's looked pretty good. And in um, Pagula has never made a Grand Slam semifinal. Um, if you look at her recent results, starting with the most recent and going backwards, here they are. Third round, quarter, quarter, third round, quarter, quarter. And those are the last two seasons, 22 and 23. So she's kind of hit her sweet spot zone here. She's back into another quarter, and she's into the Wimbledon quarterfinals for the first time. And that means that Jessica Pagula has reached the quarterfinals of all four Grand Slams. That is not easy to do, so well done to her for doing that. Um, in the first match of the day... Marketa Vondrosheva beat Marie Buskova 
two six six four six three in two hours and eleven minutes. That is Vondrosheva's first major quarterfinal appearance since she made the Roland Garros 2019 final, where she lost to Ash Barty. And in a third-round resumption, Mira Andreva, Andreva beat Potapova 6-2-7-5 to get into the fourth round. Um, I should say, all the matches today, except when I note them, are going to be round of 16 matches. Andreva is 16 years old, and she's into the fourth round of Wimbledon, Coco Goff style. And those were your ladies' results for today. Moving over to the men's results, um, we'll do the routine ones first, because it was most of them. Um, Yannick Sinner beat Daniel Elahi Galan. 7-6-6-4-6-3. Sinner started, started that match off pretty slowly. The stats are not going to give me a clean break on this, but I think someone on Twitter said he started 0 for 10 on break points. Did Sinner. In the first set, he was 0 for 5. In the second set, he was 2 for 11. For the match, he was 3 out of 20. Wow, you do not see that very often. Yannick Sinner had 20 break points, and he only won three. So that's why he was out there for two hours and 37 minutes, but Daniel Elahi Galan really just didn't have the tools to challenge him. Sinner gets that win, 7-6-6-4-6-3. Sinner is back into the quarters, um, and he's going to have a good draw. More on that in a moment. This is definitely Sinner's best chance to reach a maiden Grand Slam semifinal that he has had to date. It was a very nice week for Galan. Let's try and find him on the race. Let's see uh, how much he improved this week. Let me see if I can find him here. His name's not going to be green anymore. Mm, still don't see him. Still don't see him. Okay, let me type in his name. Where is he at? He is up to 72 in the race as a result of his performance here. One spot ahead of Stan Wawrinka. Daniel Elahi Galan is 72 in the race, and Stan Wawrinka is 73. But, uh, you know, solidifying that ranking, getting more firmly entrenched in the top 100 for Galan, that is good. Um, and his opponent, Sinner's opponent in the quarterfinal, is going to be uh, Roman Safulin, who beat Denis Shapovalov 3-6-6-1, or sorry, 3-6-6-3-6-1-6-3. For Shapo, that's a bad, that's a bad one, man. That is one that you absolutely got to have. Shapovalov called the doctor during the match. So he was having some sort of issue. And then afterwards, Shapovalov also said that he was suffering from a knee injury, and he has been for a while. So that was the uh, reason given by Shapovalov as to his embarrassingly lopsided defeat today. For Roman Safulin, 
He's a guy that has definitely come to prominence over the last couple of years. He um, definitely came up to the tour level's attention at the 2022 ATP Cup, I think it was. He was part of the Russian team, you know, that was carried by Medvedev. Medvedev was the obvious number one guy, but Sefulin was the number two guy that they brought in to help stabilize the team for the ATP Cup, and he's become more of a presence on tour, has Sefulin, and uh, Sefulin is into the Wimbledon quarterfinals on his main draw debut, so he is having a career week for sure. Roman Sefulin into a Grand Slam quarter final. In a third round resumption match, um, Francis Tiafo did not win a game today. Dimitrov won 6-2, 6-3, They came out at 1-2 in that third set. Dimitrov won five games, and that's all that they played today. It was an hour and 39 minutes total for Dimitrov to beat Tiafo. That's a very bad loss for Tiafo, considering how much momentum he had coming in and how cold Dimitrov has been the last couple of years. Yes, Dimitrov has made the Wimbledon semifinals before, but that was almost 10 years ago. I think it was 2014, and Tiafo had just gotten into the top 10. He had just been on Netflix. He had just won the tournament on grass coming in. And uh, apparently Tiafo told the press afterward that uh, he played very poorly, except uh, that's not the terminology that he used. Then one more match to go over here, definitely the men's match of the day, and that was the entertaining old-school affair between number 7 seed Andre Rublev and number 23 seed Alexander Bublik. Bublik is a guy that I that I described as Kyrgios light today. We all know the Kyrgios attitude, unconventional, unconventional attitude, unconventional game, sort of confrontational or unusual behavior. Bublik is kind of the same thing. Bublik has struggled with motivation openly. Um, he does some unconventional things like underarm serves, um, and he, but. He has an explosive game, and when he gets into a rhythm, he can be very good. Rublev and Bublik played just a few weeks ago in Halle, and Bublik won that, as I've said a couple times on the podcast this week. So this was a rematch of that. Um, It was a fun match. Um, 7-5 first set to Rublev, and Bublik sort of showed his true colors or showed the bad side of his behavior when he double-faulted two times in a row to lose the set at 5-6. At that point, you kind of thought, oh no, the wheels can come off and uh, Rublev can really stretch this lead out here, which he did, to take that second set 6-3. So, pretty unconvinced, you know, from 5-all in the first set, uh, Rublev won 8 out of 11 games to take a two-sets-to-love lead, 7-5-6-3. Um, third set, I believe it went with serve. Let me check that real quick here. Um, third set. Hang on. Live podcast. Yay! 
looks like it did. Yeah, the third set went entirely with serve. Um, and is this the set where he, this, this is not the set where he had the match points? Um, let me get that. Let me get that uh, momentum here for you. So in that third set tiebreak, um, Bublik got up six three, but uh, Rublev came back at him to make it six all. But then Bublik hit some good shots to edge out that third set tiebreak. It was my feeling that Rublev should have won that match in straight sets. It felt like he was the better player. Let me see if the stats bear that out. Um, and maybe not necessarily. In the tiebreak, Bublik was definitely better. But the match extended into a fourth set. Um, also, no breaks in that one. But Rublev had uh, two match points. I think it was at 5-4. Let me check my notes on that. 5-4 on that fourth set. Um, he did. So Bublik saved two match points on his serve at that point. And just and he kept extending the match, did Bublik. It went to a fourth set tiebreak, which Bublik won. So, you know, being down a couple sets, he just held on to his serve. Bublik did, won a couple tiebreaks, got it to a fifth set when maybe it shouldn't have been. Um, and the longer the match went on and the longer he failed to close it out, Rublev got more and more frustrated. And also, early in the match, Rublev had some kind of issue with his um, thumb or something on his finger. He had a, t a medical timeout early for that, got it taped or something. And then, early in the match, in the first couple sets, he lost a point and he, he took his hand and he just wrung his hand hard several times. And I thought he was doing it as a show of negative emotion because he was upset about losing the point or whatever. But actually, it was a moment of pain. And he stopped and because he hit his finger with his racket or something, his injured finger, and he kind of injured it again. And he got another timeout. He got that addressed during the match. Um, but um, so anyway, again, it got to the fifth set. And much like the Sviantec match that would uh, follow this, because this match was the first match on center court today. Um, uh, Rublev got the break at 3-all on that fifth set. I think it was a double, but let me check that. I didn't write that down. Fifth set, momentum. 6-4, four, 5-4, four, 5-3. Let's see. Uh, it said he lost the game with a forehand unforced error. But safe to say, at 3-all in that fifth set, Bublik played a, a bad game. It was sort of a game that harkened back to the bad game that he played to lose that first set. So Rublev rode out the last couple games from there and got the revenge win. Um, so, you know, by seeding, he's the higher seed, but he avenges the loss in the Halla final. In 3 hours and 17 minutes, Rublev defeats Bublik 7-5-6-3-6-7-6-7-6-4. It's definitely an interesting mental situation when you've lost the third and fourth sets and you hold on to win in five. 
Um, it's kind of like uh, like an NBA or an NHL team being up 3 nothing in a best-of-seven series and getting pushed to a Game 7 and then coming back to win that Game 7 after having lost those couple ga- games in a row. But um, Rublev managed to navigate that, and he is into the quarterfinals. This will be his eighth Grand Slam quarterfinal, and I believe he has also made the quarterfinals at all four, just like Pagula has now. Let me just double-check that. And uh, he has, that's true. So today, Jessica Pagula made the quarters of all four slams for the first time, and so did Andre Rublev. And uh, he is 0-4-7 in his previous seven Grand Slam quarterfinals, but he's playing Sefulin. You'd have to think that this is his uh, best chance to make his first semi for Andre Rublev. Oh no, um, I think I'm wrong on that. Um, let me check the draw in just a moment. I'll check the draw in just a moment. But that match was 3 hours and 17 minutes, and those were all the singles that got finished today. Like I just said a little bit ago, Djokovic is up two sets to none, and he uh, has to come back tomorrow on Monday. Checking the draws. Um, let's check the ladies' draw first. All right. Let's see. That's not it. Uh, so I click the word ladies' singles, and it brings up the men's draw. Let's click on the men's draw. Nope, still brings up the men's draw. Okay, here we go. So, uh... The quarterfinals that were set up today, in a couple days' time, Iga Sviantek will take on Elena Svitolina, and Jessica Pagula will take on Marketa Vondrosheva. Those are the two quarterfinals in the top half that were set today. For the men, Yannick Sinner will take on Roman Sefulin in the first quarterfinal, and Andrei Rublev is uh, waiting for Djokovic or Hercoc. Whoever would win that one would go on to face Rublev. Let's get into the order of play then for tomorrow, the no longer Manic Monday. Tomorrow's not a Manic Monday. It's just a regular Monday. And uh, here... Oh no, you know what? I Actually, I'm going to hold on that one more time. We should go over the other results for today that were not just, you know, beyond the uh, main draw singles results. So let's see what we had. Uh, um, do, 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 let's see. Um, I need results. Scores, results. Alright, let's take a look. Let's see what else happened today. Let's take a look at the ladies' doubles. Goff and Pagula won today in their doubles. In three sets, 6-4 in the third set. Number three seed, Hunter and Mertens. They are through by virtue of retirement. And, uh, let's see. Garcia and Stefani upset the uh, number six seeds, Layla Fernandez and Taylor Townsend. 6-4, 6-7, 6-3. So that's an upset of a top eight seed. 
in the men's doubles. Oh, yeah. Um, Stefano Tsitsipas was on site for a sixth consecutive day, but he lost his doubles, so now he's out of that. Um, Luca Van Ash and Arthur Feast beat Petros and Stefano Tsitsipas 6-7-6-4-6-2 in the first round of the doubles. In the second round, the American team of Lamons and Withrow beat the number seven seeds Arvelo and Roger 6-3-7-6. That's a big win. Um, the 14 seeds are out. Purcell and Thompson beat number 14 seeds Gonzalez and Multaney 6-4-5-7-6-4. Jamie Murray and Michael Venus are through. Um... Stalder and Pell beat the number 11 seeds Nicholas Mahout and uh, Glasspool 4-6-6-3-7-6. Mahout cares about the doubles. That one will hurt for him. Uh, The 12 seeds won. The 15 seeds won. All right. Looks like those are your uh, doubles results for the day. Let's see if there's anything else notable out there. We got some junior results. Um, Cooper Williams won his uh, junior match today. Um, And the wheelchair events are going to be getting underway uh, in a little bit. And uh, a couple of the mixed doubles matches are also underway. Um, yeah, I can look those up. Let's look those up real quick. Where's the mixed? So, yeah, we had some mixed doubles today. Uh, Jamie Murray and Taylor Townsend beat the number three seeds, Zelensky and Melichar Martinez, 7-6-7-6. Seven, six, seven, six. The number five seeds, Ebden and Perez, are through. Number four seed, Kulhoff and Fernandez are through. Um, Dodig and Chan upset the number six seeds, Bopana and Dabrowski, 6-7-6-3-6-4. And, whoa, Pavic and Kichinok, the number seven seeds, beat Mektic and Para, 6-7-7-6-7-6, in two hours and 39 minutes. 239 for mixed doubles, that's pretty long, because I believe they play no ad. And this is also notable because Pavic and Mektic are doubles partners, or they used to be at least, in the recent past, and they played against each other in this one, and it went to three tiebreaks, 11-9, in the third set tiebreak. And let's do the full gamut here. Girls singles. Again, these are names that no one's going to know, but... The number 9 seed lost, the number 7 seed won, the 5 seed won, 14 seed lost, the number 4 seed won, Perez Alarcon, that name sounds a little familiar, 10 seed won, 6 seed won, 8 seed victorious, and the 16 seed as well in the... Boys singles, let's see. Oh, here's an upset in the boys singles. Um, who's this guy? Henry Searle 
of the United Kingdom beat the number one seed Juan Carlos Prado Angelo. Didn't he just win a... He did well recently, because I remember hearing that name. But that's a big upset in the first round of the juniors. Um, like I said, the number four seed, Cooper Williams, gets through against uh, Luca Powell. 15 seed won. The number five seed won. The number two seed, Rodrigo Pacheco Mendez, is moving on. Uh, Darwin Blanche, another familiar name, he gets the win. Uh, here's an upset. Lorenzo Shiabasi beat the number five seed, or wait a minute, um, uh, beat the number seven seed, Branko Juric, with the loss of one game. So there's an upset there in the first round of the juniors. And um, I see no other upsets here. So that's your uh, full update from all the scores from around the grounds today. Now, <clears throat> let's get into uh, the order of play for tomorrow. Let's go ahead and find that here. All right. So here is the order of play for Monday, July 10th. Center court, 1.30 p.m. local start. Um, this is all fourth round singles. Elena Rabakina versus Beatriz Haddad Maya. Followed by Novak Djokovic versus Hubert Hercotch, two sets to love. Followed by Anz Jabor versus Petra Kvitova. Followed by Carlos Alcaraz versus Matteo Berrettini. Court 1, fourth round action, 1 p.m. start. Daniil Medvedev versus Yuri Lehechka, followed by Irina Sabalenka versus Ekaterina Alexandrova, followed by Holger Runa versus Grigor Dimitrov. And on court 2, couple fourth round matches out there from 11 a.m. local. Madison Keys versus Mira Andriva. Followed by Stefanos Tsitsipas versus Christopher Eubanks. Then there's a doubles match on there afterwards. Um, yeah, the last match on court two is um, Gonzalez and Roger Vaseline against Samuel and Thompson. On court three, it's a doubles second round. Fernley and Monday against Bopana and Ebden, Kulhoff and Skupski against Hijikata and Kubler. That's a good match, actually. If nothing else is going on, I might watch that. Krawitz and Yang against Ebden and Perez. And last, Azarenka and Haddad Maya against Siegmund and Zvonareva. Again, that's pretty good. Court 12, 11 a.m. Uh, doubles, mix of second and third round. Garcia and Stefani versus Babosh and Flipkins. Galloway and Harris versus Dodeg and Krychek. Mektic and Pavic versus Cabral and Matos. So Mektic and Pavic are still together. And then um, mixed doubles. Dodeg and Chan against Salisbury and Watson. 
And last one that I'll read out for you. Court 18 from 11 a.m. This is going to be um, doubles of all three disciplines. Behar and Pavlicek against Martin and Mies. That was a men's match. Ladies, Baines and Lumsden versus Harunkakova and Mihailikova. Men's match, Dumbia and Rebeau versus Mello and Piers. Then mixed doubles, Aravelo and Kostiak against Jamie Murray and Taylor Townsend. So the schedule tomorrow is going to be really good. And the schedule today was good, and the matches were good. That's going to bring us to the end. Oh, actually, that's it's not going to bring us to the end. There's one more thing I should say. Tomorrow is the day where ESPN does their cross-court coverage. Let me see if they have a press release about it. It's going to be on two channels, ESPN and ESPN2 tomorrow. Uh, let me see if they have that. If not, I'll just read off the press release I read off from last week. Um, so ESPN1 tomorrow on cable is going to have center court exclusively. And then ESPN2 tomorrow is going to have all the other courts, court one and all of the outside courts. Um, tomorrow's July 10th. Um, ESPN is going to come on the air at 6 a.m. to cover the outside courts, so you can see Madison Keys there at that time. And then ESPN is going to come on at 8 a.m. Eastern to cover <coughs> um, center courts. So two channels tomorrow. And for the next couple of days as well. So ESPN does a lot of things wrong, but this is one of the things they do right. You see, they could use multiple channels all the time to cover Grand Slams. They just choose not to. But that is neither here nor there. Going to be a nice day of tennis tomorrow, just like it was today. If you've made it all the way through to the end of this show, thank you very much for doing that. Thank you for listening. And I'm going to wrap it up now, and we'll do it again next time. This has been Trips Tennis Talk. It's been courtesy of Oregon Productions.